Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. Well, that video on, on just some basic level, as we immerse ourselves in the Christmas story and uh, the work of God on our behalf, this, really, this video really tells the story, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's the gospel in a nutshell, that with all that there is and all that's been done, and well, the message is that I will do whatever it takes to get them back to me. Uh, at some level, it kind of reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. Uh, do you remember that story? Uh, the story starts off, there was two, two sons of a man. And there was a younger one and the older one. And the, the, the younger one said to his father, he, he was, well, you know, I'm just waiting around for you to die. Why don't you just give me my inheritance right now? And, and uh, for some strange reason, the, the father does that. And, and after a little while, the, the son, this younger son, he... Well, he takes off, and he, and he lives a life, uh, lives a pretty wild life. He makes all kinds of friends because he's got all this money, and, and he's doing all kinds of things and, and having a great time and living it up. And, and then, well, the money runs out, and a famine enters the land, and he's really got nothing, and he's looking for a job somewhere, and he gets a job feeding pigs. That's what he gets. Uh, feeding pigs is not the most glorious of jobs, and, and things were so bad for him, he, he longed to get what the pigs were getting. Uh, they were getting at least better treatment than him, and, and uh, this was his life. And as the story goes on, he suddenly, at some point, gets to a place where he comes to his senses, and he thinks, you know what? The servants in my dad's house... They've got it a lot better than I am. I know I don't deserve to be anything in, in him, but maybe he'd hire me as, as a servant for him. And so he's got this whole story worked up, and he, he begins thinking, how do I trust my dad? And he's got a speech. He's ready to do it, and he, and he takes off. And, and as he does that, the story shifts, and, and there's the father. And it says that while the father, or while, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and ran to him. Well, very interesting phrasing there, huh? Because there is a sense that the father, he's been looking for him. He has been looking him for all this time and hoping and praying and, and, and wondering, will he come back to me? Will he come back? And, and when he sees him, he just breaks out in joy and runs to him. He runs to him. Does that, does that have any meaning to you. Maybe you who are younger, you run, run all the time, but, but uh, when you age a little bit, running is not the most pleasant thing. I had this old dog once. He was a 14-year-old golden Labrador, and, and he had the worst hips, but this dog hated me. This dog, I, there's reasons for that. I, I had to take care of his ears. I was the only one large enough to take down this 95-pound dog and clean his ear out. And so he hated me. If I would walk into a room, this dog with bad hips who didn't really want to move, he'd be hanging out with Stephanie and Michael and Betty Lou. He'd get up and walk away. That's how much he didn't like me. 
And, and that, I think that's kind of a level of, of that this, this, this father would not run normally. But when his son comes into view, what does he do? He takes off and runs to him. Such is the joy and delight. He doesn't care what people think. He doesn't care about his, his knees if they're sore. His son is coming back. There's a possibility of bringing him back. And the son, he's got his speech ready, right? He's got, well, father, I know that I have no deserving. And, and he begins his whole spiel, and the father just cuts him off. And he says, give him some clothes. Give him some shoes. And, and, and go back home and get the fatted calf. We are going to have a party tonight. Because my son who was lost has been found. Uh, Do you get that picture from this video? The father looking out for the son and wanting him to come back and putting everything into place. Uh, There's little pictures of that. I sent all kinds of people, friends, prophets, to tell them about me. That passage that Matt read at the beginning, John chapter 1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. And as the passage goes on, this this Word, who is later identified as Jesus Himself, He comes to bring light to this world, to show people what? That God truly cares for them. To show us the way to come back to Him, So him running to us and then enlightening us and showing us, you matter so much to me that I will do whatever it takes. I'll even come to you. And so he sends his son, Jesus. The son of God comes to give this message that God loves you immensely. He loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is, this is the message. And what we remember at Christmas is we mattered so much that he came to us to help us find a way back to him. That's pretty exciting. And I love at the end of the video how he he highlights this, this importance of understanding, I love you no matter what. When, uh, when the Apostle Paul reflects upon the amazing love of God, he just is blown away by the depth that it reaches. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 8 starting in 28 and go into the end of that chapter 39. And it starts this way, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. A lot of people have quoted this verse, and, and, and it's an important verse. It doesn't mean that, that all things are good, but that in all things, God works for the good. That hard things, bad things, sinful things happen in our world. But through that, even through sinful choices, God begins making good out of that. And as he goes on, he says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Many brothers. You could put many brothers and sisters. 
that's part of this call is not only God's love for us, but his inclusion of us into his family, that we can truly call him God our Father because he has adopted us. Verse 30, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And so the further picture of this Jesus, whose coming we remember at this time of year, is that in his going, he sits at the right hand of God, interceding for us, his brothers and sisters. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And here's these great verses 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Being inseparable. That God loves you so much. There's nothing that can tear you away from him. Death, life, angels, demons, nothing can tear you away from him because he loves you so much. He's willing to make the trip, the distance and the travel to get to you so that you can know you matter so much. The God of this universe cares for you. That's what this season is all about. That's what this gift is all about, that we can be right again with God because he loves us so. One of the things I like doing uh, at this time of year is reading from this lovely book called Christmas Stories for the Heart, filled with stories that are, well, a little bit older but have great pictures of what it means. This one is called Hi There by Nancy Dahlberg. It was Sunday, Christmas. Our family had spent the holidays in San Francisco with my husband's parents, but in order for us to be back at work on Monday, we found ourselves driving the 400 miles back home to Los Angeles on Christmas Day. We stopped for lunch in King City. The restaurant was nearly empty. We were the only family, and ours were the only children. I heard Eric, my one-year-old, squeal with glee. Hi there, hi there. He pounded his fat baby hands, whack, whack, on the metal high chair tray. His face was alive with excitement, eyes wide, gums bared, and a toothless grin. He wriggled and chirped and giggled. And, and then I, I saw the source of his merriment, and my eyes could not take it in all at once. 
a tattered rag of a coat, obviously bought by someone else eons ago, dirty, greasy, and worn, baggy pants, spindly body, toes that poked out of would-be shoes, a shirt that had ring around the color all over, and a place and a face like none other, gums as bare as Eric's. Hi there, baby. Hi there, big boy. I see you, buster. My husband and I exchanged uh, a look that was a cross between what do we do and poor devil. Our, our meal came and the cacophony continued. Now the old bum was shouting across from the room, do you know patty cake? boy. Do you know peekaboo? Hey, looks he knows peekaboo. Eric continued to, to laugh and answer, hi there. Every call was echoed. Nobody thought it was cute. The guy was a drunk and a disturbance. I was embarrassed. My, my husband, Dennis, was humiliated. Even our six-year-old said, why is that old man talking so loudly? Well, Dennis went to pay the check, imploring me to get Eric and meet him in the parking lot. Lord, just let me get out of here before he speaks to me or Eric. And I bolted for the door. It soon was obvious that both the Lord and Eric had other plans. As I drew closer to the man, I turned my back, intending to, to sidestep him and any air he might be breathing. As I did so, Eric, with his eyes riveted on his new friend, leaned far over my arm, reaching with both his hands in a baby's pick-me-up position. In a split second of balancing my baby and turning, of balancing my baby and turning to counter his weight, I came eye to eye with the old man. Eric was lunging for him, arms, arms spread wide. The bum's eyes both asked and implored, would you let me hold your baby? There was no need for me to answer because Eric <laughs> propelled himself from my arms into the man's. Suddenly a very old man and a, and a very young baby consummated their love relationship. Eric laid his tiny head upon the man's ragged shoulder. The man's eyes closed, and I saw tears hover beneath his lashes, his aged hands full of grime and pain and hard labor, gently, so gently cradled my baby's bottom and stroked his back. I stood awestruck. The old man rocked and cradled Eric in his arms for a moment, and then his eyes opened and set squarely on mine. He said in a firm, commanding voice, you take care of this baby. Somehow I managed, I will, from a throat that con contained a stone. He pried Eric from his chest, unwillingly, longingly, as though he were in pain. I held my arms open to receive my baby, and again the gentleman addressed me. God bless you, ma'am. You've given me my Christmas gift. I said nothing more than a muttered thanks. With Eric back in my arms, I ran for the car. Dennis wondered why I was crying and holding Eric so tightly and why I was saying, my God, my God, forgive me. What's beautiful about that story is just what does it need to reach someone's heart? This longing for care and love it's innate in all of us, isn't it? And it's precisely what God 
has done on our behalf. He has reached out to us saying, you matter. As broken as we may have been at different points in our life, he says, I love you no matter what. I love you no matter what. That's the message of Jesus. That's the message and the gift of Christmas that God loves you no matter what. And sent his son, Jesus, to come and demonstrate that love for us so that we might be reconciled with him. We might be right again with our creator, with our heavenly father. Let's stand as we sing Silent Night. Well, thanks again for listening. And to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com or join us for a service Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.